Hello and welcome to your New Year's Day episode of Thinking Critically, a D&D discussion. A podcast where we deep dive single word concepts or ideas within the Dungeons & Dragons 5e framework. My name is Danilo and I like all kinds of games and the crunchy mechanics that make him tick. You can find me on Twitter, Facebook and Instagram and I'd really appreciate a like or a follow. Today... I'm joined by Tim, who plays Ulrich in our Dungeons, Dice and Dudes actual play podcast. Please do check us out. Thanks again for coming on, Tim. Why don't you tell us a little bit about yourself? Uh, yeah, you're welcome. Pleasure to be here, as they say. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, I'm Tim, as Danilo said, and I play Ulrich in our uh, D&D campaign podcast that we do. Also, I manage the, uh, the socials as well. That's my job for my part, which is... Always fun. Not the best at it, but still learning, you know. <laughs> and the teas and the coffees as well. And the tea. I I was named in like the first episode we went live as like the, the producer uh, of the show because I kept having all these grand ideas. And like, <laughs> you pay, you paying for all this, Tim? Is that is that your role? <laughs> but alas, that's not so. But um, I'm a huge nerd. Have been for a long time. Been playing D and D on and off for ten, fifteen years, something like that. As a small child of my brother's friends. Uh, so always been a huge fan of it, and it was not until um, a couple of years ago that I got back into it hard with fellow podcastee uh, Nathan, who was on last week. Is that right? Uh, yes. Yeah. Yeah. Um, he kind of got me into it again with Rob, who's also been on this this podcast as well. So you know, lots of uh, fan favorites, I'm sure. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, uh, I just love D and D, love talking about it, and have love of many tabletop games. In all fairness, I'm a big fan of. Warhammer 40k, which I'm sure some of you enjoy too, especially the lore as well. That is always always good fun. Yes, I uh, probably pissed off a few people in my talk with Nathan about Warhammer 40k. <laughs> oh, really? No. <laughs> <laughs> it's I'll okay. I was there. really into it at one point. It's okay. I'm allowed. I'm allowed to say things. <laughs> okay, we'll just brush brush that past. Shall we brush brush into that? Yeah. <laughs> cool. So, thank you very very much for coming on. Today's topic is all about time. So, for starters, Tim, Tim Time, Tim the Time Man. What does Tim, Tim Time Man? Yeah. What does time mean to you, Tim? <laughs> <laughs> when you asked me what like uh, stuff I wanted to talk about, and you, and you said time, I was like, yeah, that's that's a great one. And then I just didn't realize the gravity of like <laughs> how big a subject time is. <laughs> yeah, that's that's something yeah. I've wrestled with in <laughs> every episode before this one. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> it's like mm, some big big subjects, but. To boil it down to like real brass tack stuff, like yes, there's uh, loads of sciencey stuff and science fiction stuff around time and like time and space and the link between them and and relativity and Einstein and all that crazy stuff. But for us mere mortals, mm-hmm. I'd kind of say that that time for me is just like the measure of just how things change in your life and in everything around you. Um, that's kind of how I would see time as mm. such. I did a little bit of research um, about time for this podcast and I came across quite an interesting article um, written by some physicists about the order of time. It was very uh, uh, dramatic, I have to say, (laughs) but but there was one quote in it which uh, kind of put things in perspective a little bit for me, which is, uh, time is an illusion and our naive perception of how how it flows doesn't correspond to actual physical reality, which kind of really spoke to me in the level of, oh, we can think we know what time is but it doesn't actually correspond to how we perceive it or look at it it's all in our heads effectively (laughs) so suddenly my notes about uh is six seconds a combat turn it looks (laughs) completely redundant now (laughs) well no no because i i also have stuff on that as well i just like as an overarching thing i was like oh this is interesting like i like this yeah and it does kind of correlate into like D and D a little bit as well, and a lot as well. Mm. It's just kind of like, oh, I just thought that was that was really interesting. That even regardless of how time is a concept, it doesn't matter because it's just how we perceive it. Mm. At the end of the day, I was probably a little bit too uh, big brain, but uh... <laughs> <laughs> a galaxy brain. Like I'm not prepared. I'm not prepared for this. I, need to, I just got to get my thesaurus real quick. Uh... <laughs> <laughs> but like, yeah, it's just how things change. I, I'd say. Is, is the best way of describing it for me as, a, as on a personal thing. Yeah, no, that's good. And that one of the reasons why I love, you know, when I'm knee deep in editing, sometimes it's difficult to 
have the strength to be like, man, is this this worth it? But the moment, pretty much every time I've started recording with somebody and that opening question is, what does it mean to you? I can't think of a time where it's been exactly how I've approached it. (laughs) So that's really good because I was really in the mire of, I mean, I've got got a few notes on, you know, character Mm -hmm. aging and the progress of time in a campaign, but not from a uh, a point of view of entropy, essentially, which is... That's what the passage of time brings us all towards this entropic state. Yeah. Uh, I've just got to try and put my, my big boy pants on and, and figure <laughs> out how to now apply that to <laughs> Well, to that, that was just kind of like my overall thought. The rest of the, the stuff I want to, want to talk about, at least, is very D&D-centric. If you like, mm-hmm. it has everything to do with like the mechanics and, and how it affects like character development and role play and, uh, and all that kind of stuff. Mm. So yeah, I just, because I literally went to Google and was like, what is time? (laughs) (laughs) And that's kind of what I came across. So yeah, it was fun. I've got this image of you sitting in like a lounge with, you know, a a mug of hot chocolate, big thick glasses on, (laughs) a robe. What is time? (laughs) It's time. Yeah. I had like some brandy and like a cigar. I mean, here's a thought that I've just had to tie it in. So there's, there's a meme that goes around that's like, five minutes when you're in school yeah. and, the, and the clock is like four hours long or it's mm-hmm. how five minutes feels when it's uh you, you know you're playing a video game and it's yeah it just flies by mm-hmm. kind of thing when you're playing or dming yeah are sessions too long how do they feel do you enjoy yourself the entire time i personally feel that i often come out of sessions especially those where i'm dming but to a lesser extent those that i'm playing quite drained yeah and i think one part of that now i'm thinking about it is this kind of compression of time almost mm-hmm. i find it yeah. tiring to rubber band time yeah. so for one moment you can say seven months has passed because you've been traveling on a ship mm-hmm. okay right that's a lot of time to have just yeah. passed in the blink of the eye and then on the second hand in combat to deftly tie it in to my first point <laughs> of it only being six seconds and the amount of times that I've been asked halfway through combat or at the end of like okay well how long how long have I got left on this spell it's it's, it's only a minute and I go oh well it's only three rounds so it's not even been half a minute yet so and that that kind of compression and expansion of time is quite tiring I don't know how your what your thoughts are on you know time in a session I suppose yeah it, it's definitely a very odd mechanic of the game because it really depends on... Well, it's very situational. Like I was talking to uh, Sai about it the other day, actually, and he kind of described it the best for me, like scenes in films and stuff. Mm-hmm. It really depends on how the director wants you to perceive the time in that scene as such. And I guess that directly applies to how the DM wants you to perceive time in either combat or actually the RP that you're doing. Mm-hmm. It's all down to <laughs> what, what what they want, which is... Kind of why uh, DMing is kind of like being God a little bit because you are in control of time <laughs> in mm. a way. Yeah, no, absolutely. Yeah. But yeah, like you can have a director take a very long time over just one moment, uh, which could take maybe a minute or so. Like you have those films that last like two, three hours that are meant to be just like one day. Mm. Or you can have a film that is two or three hours and is, is over years and years and years of, of actual time in the characters lives and yeah it can be really disjoints in your head kind of like mm-hmm. if you're seasick that kind of thing if, if you're flipping between like different time zones in your head and mm-hmm. it could definitely be uh be tiring for sure mm-hmm. i was just thinking there it's like the total war series of games where you yeah. have the country level of here are my cities and here are my mm-hmm. soldiers but then when you go down into a fight you zoom all the way yeah. down to the the boots on the ground kind of thing. And yeah. I think campaigns can kind of be like that with that rubber banding of, okay, well, we're here, we need to go over there. That's going to take two days worth of walking. Yeah. And um, as I've discussed on previous episodes, I'm a fan of, you know, the combat having a meaning, having a purpose. So, yeah. you know, there's not just going to be arbitrary combats in the wilderness just for the sake of it. Unless, of course, it drives home that the wilderness is super dangerous and you're going to die. Mm. Then it makes sense. but Otherwise, those two days could pass relatively quickly, and then when you get into town, it suddenly yeah puts puts the brakes on again to do that micro kind of boots on the ground kind of stuff. So, 
Yeah. In 5th E at least, you have this kind of six-second rule for combat and stuff. And that is like a limitation that the game puts on you for combat. But outside of that, I'd say time is more used kind of like as a narrative tool. Mm. I've heard of people using campaign like really time-centrically. So like each task that you perform has to take a certain amount of time and Mm -hmm. the characters have to keep track of that and know how long things take and how long spells take to cast. And Mm. and I guess... Uh, a good way, a good example that we can tie it into our campaign that we're part of is uh, my character's time he has left <laughs> as such. <laughs> Obviously, he has a clock on that. Like that kind of overshadows mm. now my decisions as a player, how I approach certain situations and 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 stuff. But mm. I see, I see what you're getting at. That like in combat, it's a mechanical yeah. framework in the same way that spell slots are a mechanical framework. But outside of combat, it fulfills a completely different purpose of being this kind of external antagonist, in a way. Yeah. Putting pressure on the party and providing a source of conflict. And I'm really trying Mm. to hit all the topics of my previous podcasts (laughs) in one sentence. (laughs) Uh, Synergy, as they say. Yeah. (laughs) So, yeah, I'm a huge fan of trying to drill in that idea to my players of everything takes time so Mm -hmm. i in earlier sessions go quite hard on people being like i check for traps and i go okay that's going to take an hour yeah you're in enemy territory you don't know where you are you can't see more than 60 feet ahead of you do you want to spend an hour combing every brick for pressure pates beneath it Mm. and suddenly they're like oh Mm, maybe I maybe I don't want to do that. Yeah. Because that initial thought is just I check for traps. Ding, no traps, cool. Fine, we're <laughs> safe now. When I'm I'm really trying to build a world that's like, no, you can't just do that for free. There's a cost yeah. there. And the cost isn't just the dice roll, the cost is you've got to expend time and effort doing it. You yeah. can't just extend your senses and innately know that there's no traps in the area. You've got to check, you've got to get a little knife out, put it between the bricks, jiggle it around, is there mm-hmm. any give there? So I'm really trying to level that in. And the same with like ritual yeah. spell casting, which is, of course, 10 minutes. So I'm always like, okay, well, that person's just sitting in their ass for 10 minutes. What's everyone else doing? Sitting in silence? Probably not. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it not only like grounds your players in, in, in realism, but it, it, it definitely raises the stakes of mm. everything you do within the game. Like, If there's no time that you keep a track of, then a lot of it becomes meaningless because you just do these things when you say them and they don't have any actions or consequences. It's just happening around you and that kind of stuff. But as soon as you say, oh, this will take this amount of time and this will have this effect on you. Like Mm. my best example I can think of is similar to like your traps and stuff. But when you're on a, on like a, a big dungeon crawl with your party and stuff and they're in there for a very long time and they've done lots of checking your traps and the torches have been on for a long time and it's getting darker and darker because the torches are going out slower and slower and Mm. the more time that they're in the dungeon the perhaps more monsters notice that they're in the dungeon and Mm. in in wherever they are and it gets more and more dangerous yeah it's a really great tool to kind of give your players that sense of (laughs) <laughs> urgency i guess mm-hmm. about what the the situation they're in or um like a proper grounding in in realism which again just helps them become more engaged and have a better time i'd, I'd say yeah now we're talking about it i'm seeing it more as i think i think i thought about it as but now i'm really seeing it as a resource in the same yeah. way that yeah action surge and mm-hmm. spell slots are a resource to be spent then time is also a resource to be spent by the players. And any semi-serious campaign will have some kind of clock ticking. The players might not know it, or the characters might not know it, but there will be a bad person somewhere doing bad things while the players don't do anything. So (laughs) uh, an example from my current campaign is they're in a pretty typical kobold dungeon. Warrenous, small tunnels everywhere, very claustrophobic, very difficult to navigate you know, looping paths, traps, all that kind of stuff. And they decided to bust in quite loudly. They'd had a piece of combat with some of the kobolds. One escaped with its life to some other part of the tunnel. And then after that, they decided to take stock, return to the entrance and take a short rest. Yeah. Of which gave the kobolds all the time in the world (laughs) to prepare and to plan and 
they'd heard the combat, one had come back to say, hey, here's who's attacking us, here's their numbers, here's what they can do, let's get ready, because they've disappeared for a bit. So my players are all like, oh, let's go, This we should be fine now, we've killed a lot of them. And mm-hmm. I had to say, well, yeah, but you've also done nothing for 60 minutes, so <laughs> the, the, the world hasn't stopped moving. Yeah, you've exactly. spent that. You've spent that resource of time, and you've basically paid it to the enemies. Yeah, and now that you've said that time in D anD D is is definitely a resource, it makes so much more sense now as a mechanic. It, definitely, like ugh, I just want to go back to the fact, the point that it definitely just grounds and and, mm. and makes makes those players fear for their characters in in a way that you wouldn't have unless you implemented that kind of stuff. And that's mm. that's a really cool example of that. I'm, I'm definitely going to use that at some point when I do. <laughs> I think I just thought just came to me a good kind of other side of the same coin. And uh, mm. a lot of this podcast, we fall back on video game knowledge, which is my my other yeah. primary passion. Yeah, same. <laughs> is the uh, the Souls series. Okay. Yeah. Notorious for the fact that you can't pause them. Yeah. And that every action you do takes some time, be it to drink a potion. So it's not like say Skyrim where you can pause the game as a dragon's about to incinerate you yeah <laughs> eat 50 cheese cheese wheels in an instant and suddenly you're fighting fear yeah. again you can't yeah. do that in the souls games because they are saying much like D&D funnily enough not a parallel I would have naturally drawn until we've started no, talking yeah. about it today to say no okay you can drink a potion an Estus flask but that's going to take some time and the enemies are still going to keep wailing on you and that's yeah. the kind of environment i want to build in my D campaign to say yeah you can rest at a bonfire for an hour but the enemies are still going to be kicking around still actually moving within the universe mm-hmm. of grid i mean it just makes it more rewarding as well like going back to the souls games i've had really passionate discussions with people about how they're the best games they've ever, ever, ever played mm-hmm. um, because of the level of realism mm-hmm. in the stuff you just talked about and how difficult the combat is and how you can get so far in like a, a boss fight and stuff. And then if you like make a mistake right at the end or, <laughs> or during with like getting a potion timing wrong or, mm. uh, or getting one of your rolls incorrectly and it's all done, and you're dead there and then <laughs> after like 20 minutes of fighting yeah. this boss. And it's heartbreaking when it happens. But at the same time, when you put in all that effort into the into the fight and it, and it succeeds and, and you manage to kill that boss or whatever, then yeah, I've had loads of discussion with people saying like, that's why they love that game so mm-hmm. much is because it's so rewarding when you get it right. Mm-hmm. And again, I love D&D for a ton of different reasons, but we both definitely put in a lot of time and effort into it. And when things go perfect and you and you get that natural twenty on an attack that is just perfectly set up and like you get ridiculous damage and everything just like falls in place perfectly, yeah, it's so rewarding. And without the time and effort you put into that, it mm. definitely does. Uh, it wouldn't be as meaningful to me, mm-hmm. at least. For sure, I think that's a, a thought that a number of people have had uh, as we sit down to do these kind of discussions in that yeah. the old adage of the more you put in the more you get out is really quite true yeah. for D in a really kind of distilled fashion it's probably the best way to put it yeah. yeah to ground us for a second and bring us back down mm. i saw a reddit post a little while ago and there's a in the, in the same way that to use the film analogy from before films often will skip the boring parts yeah. as it's called so you don't ever see jason Bourne, you know <laughs> sitting on the toilet my god it's jason Bourne <laughs> <laughs> sitting on the toilet eating a rustlers exactly, right yeah. and the same is often the case for D, where dm is never like oh you haven't taken a toilet break in six hours mm. take a level of exhaustion because you piss your pants yeah because that's not that exciting yeah in my opinion the reddit post however said you know don't don't skip those boring parts because they give player characters time to shine mm. how do you how do you feel about that it's it's really tricky because again you don't want to waste time i mean it is obviously quite precious mm. going after these quite mundane things and and making sure that all the mechanics are followed to to the letter, and that every little single thing is, mm. is how it how it should be. 
because you can lose a bit of the the narrative element of it mm. like life itself if you played it out exactly perfectly wouldn't be particularly exciting but you have these very exciting set pieces if you like where stuff happens in them so like if you only had the boring bits that would be suck mm-hmm. but again if you only had the exciting bits yeah that'd be entertaining but it wouldn't be very realistic so you definitely have to find a, like a, a decent balance as such mm-hmm. and i don't know about you but i've definitely found like the best <laughs> rp that i've definitely been a part of has been during like traveling somewhere or doing something mundane like going to watch for the evening to mm-hmm. make sure we don't get killed or whatever and the funniest rp that i've been a part of has been during those little moments mm-hmm. rather than like the the big grandiose plot points that have happened mm-hmm. so yeah there's definitely a balance to be found yeah and as a uh, you said there about tying into not wasting time and we just spent 10 minutes talking about how you shouldn't waste time because it's a resource <laughs> uh, i think there's an element of it's that trust that i talk about in another episode between the player and the dm mm. so the the players need to trust the dm to not be like oh that was a really heartfelt moment you had that was really good you know nice nice role play really enjoyed it uh your parents had died because you were too slow <laughs> like that because that's just <laughs> not yeah. fun so the dm's got to be see the wood for the trees and be mm. like okay no this is i'll give them these five minutes because that was really good play and the players yeah. need to be like okay i'm not going to take the piss here yeah. but if we, if we keep dicking around doing superfluous things then yeah he's going to bite us in the ass but we can trust him to allow us time to role play, essentially. Yeah, at the end of the day, we're playing a game to to have fun, and there are lots of elements of the game that make it more fun. Or you can, you can obviously take it very seriously because you get a lot of fun from doing that as well. But to be a, a real like stickler for um, like little things like that and very pernickety, and mm. if it doesn't sit well with your your players and they don't kind of like that, then Maybe that's not the best option to kind of use time in that way. Mm-hmm. Yeah. End of the door, as a DM, you are have a responsibility to tell a, a decent story and to have your players engage with that. And very often, if you approach it like that, you don't, you lose out on a lot of things if you do it like that, for mm-hmm. sure. Mm-hmm. So, talking of interactions between players, yeah, there is often a trap that has happened in every single game I've ever played in mm-hmm. where at some point that doesn't happen and the players characters have to split up for whatever reason so a yeah. split party mm. so the way this ties in to time is how do you manage two independent streams of time that are in parallel in the real world but potentially <laughs> very not in parallel in the game world yeah what do, you, what do you think is the best way to reconcile those and manage it at the table? That's really tough. I've fortunately never had to DM uh, with a split party because I, I worry about it. On, I have nightmares about, <laughs> <laughs> about that kind of thing. Um, and, you know, from listening to Critical Role and, and, and seeing uh, other people DM and stuff like that, I feel like it is a fear of many DMs, uh, a split party, because... It involves a lot more um, thinking and keeping track of stuff than you already have to do, which is, which is quite a lot. Mm-hmm. In terms of dealing with it, though, again, it's how the DM wants to uh, use time in their game. Like, uh, you could have set amounts of minutes or, or days of mm-hmm. how long tasks take, or we could make it even simpler than that. I, I feel like when I've seen other people DM, they say, cool, you've done a number of things now, two or three things that's enough we'll move over to the other, mm-hmm. other uh, side of the table and let you guys do two or three things mm-hmm. again it's how intricate you want to be with it personally i'd probably just be like you've done two things those tasks are complete <laughs> we'll move over to mm. the other table on the other side of the table now mm-hmm. but what, what, what about you what, what would you do in that situation it's a judgment call and an experience call i would say and i don't want to sound like i'm up on my you know my ivory tower <laughs> casting judgment on everybody below but well you are the guru of <laughs> in my eyes so i'm flattered thank you <laughs> i am lucky in reality that i have a good intuition and sense for 
stoking those fires. So the way that mm. the way I'm visualizing it quite dynamically in my head at the table is is basically those sitting around the table opposite me are, are their own kind of little furnaces and I can go and stoke them for five to ten minutes, which will give them life for maybe fifteen to twenty minutes, and then I just bounce around and and i just kind of have this innate intuition which i know is no help to anybody else but you can build that as a skill to say okay i've probably left joe blogs for a little bit and i know him as a player and i know he's got quite high demands so i need to kind of go back to him maybe quicker than i need to go back to somebody else he's actually quite okay just to be kind of a passive participant so maybe Mm. i only need to bounce to them every half an hour but the other people i can go to maybe every 10 minutes or so but that's a not only a dm experience but also uh, an experience of your table specifically and and the players are at it and some people are like no i'm happy to watch forget about me we can do me at another time or in between sessions that's okay and others are like god what's happening i really need to know now or (laughs) i'm just going to completely check out so it's that that thought process and and yeah literally for me it's it's a case of i almost consider each part or each uh team a session so just like yourself and probably most other dms there'll be an allowance for actions that have a certain length of time Mm -hmm. to do something so say one people stayed at the tavern and a couple of people went to the shop to buy some some potions so maybe that party they turn up to the shop they get introduced and they ask for you know how much does this cost so in the same way that i manage an individual session I'll tend to manage those little snippets in the same way. And by that, I mean, I want to cut away at an exciting time. Yeah. So when they say, how much does this cost? I might say, oh, well, the shopkeeper kind of scratches his chin, looks a bit wily. Anyway, back to the inn. Yeah. <laughs> but but that that is such a, a fantastic narrative tool. Mm. I, everyone has probably seen the subreddit, um, Perfectly Cut Screams. Oh, yeah. Or like the To Be Continued meme. Mm-hmm. All those kind of things rely on that trope of cutting away from the action at the perfect time to mm. you, like you almost almost get it, but you don't quite. And I love that kind of stuff. Mm. It really excites me because then you're like, oh, what, what, what was that? What was that? And then it's really good good way of building suspense. And to go back to how you'd manage it with like like a specific different people and stuff like mm-hmm. that, knowing and having that experience with your players and knowing how they would react to certain things again. Time really links into experience quite quite a lot. I don't know if you've done a podcast on experience already. I don't want to step on any. We we, we did, yeah, but it was oh, yeah. a, it was a completely different take on what we're about to be talking about. I imagine so. Okay, cool. But maybe maybe those people should listen to it if they want to hear maybe, a completely. Maybe they should take. go back, yeah, and listen to that <laughs> podcast for sure. Yeah, but the more time you spend with your your, your people you play D anD D with, the uh, the better experience you have with them. Like the other day when me and you did that one shot, mm-hmm. uh, and I was I was running, <laughs> I was really really impressed with how well you guys as players immediately pick up on something that is a bit and just completely run with it. Mm. And I don't think when we first started playing together that would have. No. would have necessarily happened but the experience and the time that we spent with each other means that we just know how we react to certain things and how we play the game as such and it made for uh, a wonderful time on my part at least is watching that <laughs> unfold i've seen so many memes of like D memes of when you see your uh, your players have half an hour of uh, rp and you don't say anything at all mm. and you're just silently smiling to yourself because it's exactly how you wanted it to go yep. <laughs> um and yeah i do really love that that kind of you sit back as a dm you've set up a situation for them and your players just mm-hmm. envelop themselves in the universe they just have such a good time with it mm-hmm. uh, and that definitely comes with with time and effort and experience mm-hmm. and all those wonderful things that seem to tie in so well together yeah i, I said it at the time and i'll say it now i think that all all of us and especially yourself considering the such short notice you know we, we all yeah. of us had short notice and to come out the other side with somehow a very coherent everybody on the same page you know all the players working together all the characters working together and enabled and facilitated by the dm considering i would say it's fair to say maybe only 
uh, the, the theme you had in mind as the DM. Maybe <laughs> only a fraction of that was maybe used by the players. Uh, yeah, I mean, yeah, the notes and stuff I'd written up. I think this is a, a common DM issue is you, you write a lot of stuff and you expect certain things to happen and they do not mm. happen the way mm-hmm. that you you plan out in your head and time is spent on a very specific thing like <laughs> going to look for cigars and a can of prunes <laughs> yep yep and and not at all like looking for monsters and talking to the right people to get the right information to move the story forward mm-hmm. yeah that's definitely a, a horrible <laughs> thing when that happens yeah when so simon who talked about happiness with me was preparing for a, a one shot he was like, i need i need your help I said, okay fine he said, oh, I'm, I'm planning. Do you think, you know, I've planned for three combat encounters. Do you think I need more? And I was like, man, that's probably like seven <laughs> sessions worth. <laughs> I said, one, yeah. one piece of combat is probably good enough. Yeah. Maybe two if the first one is very trivial. And, that, and he was like, ah, oh, yeah, you're right. And then he cast his mind back to previous sessions and previous one shots. I was like, oh, yeah, I've just wasted my own time there kind of planning when it you know it's not especially with us you know it's you're never going to hit that three combat encounters for in his example yeah unless you like your players are really efficient and know mm-hmm. exactly how things go and you've made the encounters quite easy in, in ways you're never going to get three encounters and I, I had planned three encounters <laughs> for the one shot as well I, I kind of i guess i knew in the back of my head that you wouldn't get that far yeah Technically, I had four encounters planned because there was one that was like a seriously unlikely thing to happen. Okay. Yeah, back pocket kind of thing. Just like a, a little, oh, you roll a natural one mm-hmm. when you're trying to stealth, and then a herd of zombies appear. Yes, yeah, <laughs> that that kind of thing. But yeah, it can uh, definitely never go as it's planned. But mm-hmm. we've gone off topic a lot here. I think. No, no, I like it because it's still. It's, I was just about to say, like, it's still all related to time. Right, the time yeah. that someone spends planning, and mm. we've just given two really good examples there of how that, in reality, rarely stacks up in terms of how long the players are going to take to get through it. Yeah. And I've, I have a lot of rubber banding in my own preparation for my campaign. So if it's mm-hmm. kind of newish stuff or the lull between chapters, which sounds unintuitive but i actually find that harder to prepare because it's a lot more open and a lot more you know free form and they're just in a town or in some place of safety and there it's a lot more like oh god they could go here they could go there i've got to think about you know three or four different possible avenues and that takes up a lot of time to plan Mm. and then the session's still go much shorter than i anticipated and even now (laughs) you know that still is the case for me Every session, still, I'm surprised at how little we get through. I don't think I've ever had a single session where it's been the other way around, ever, mm. in over 50 that I've DM'd. Probably, <laughs> probably over 60 probably, that I've yeah. DM'd. I've not had one single session with the three or four different parties that have gone the other way around. Yeah, I wonder if there's any DMs out there that have actually planned a whole session and the players have gone through all of it i don't think that's <laughs> ever a thing <laughs> it just doesn't exist that's the no, it's not, that's not the unicorn thing. of D. <laughs> yeah we found it we found the unicorn the perfect one shot <laughs> <laughs> oh, and then you wake up and it was just all a dream anyway it's yeah. just all a dream yeah. <laughs> um but then like when they're in a dungeon which is this cobalt dungeon there are now i've mm. basically had to do no prep so I've had a lot of spare time for quite a few weeks. Yeah, there's, you know, some encounters need to be tweaked and there's some little bits that I can retcon in and yeah. think about the bigger picture. But in terms of the nitty gritty, like, okay, shit, we're playing tomorrow. Ugh, I've got to put some things together. I don't really have to do that because the dungeon's been made. It was made yeah. like six months ago. Yeah. And, you know, once they've finally got to it, yeah, it's a bit of an overhead at the start. There's a bit of front loading you have to do. But then once they've got to it, that time, my personal time flips around completely on its head to in between prep is kind of small yeah is the map on the tabletop yeah okay is the combat have I, have I set the tokens up yeah okay fine have I, have I done the the episode intro yeah cool done 
between like, here's an NPC, here's his needs, wants, and flaws, here's the shop he runs, okay, here's the other shop that they might want to go to because it's a yeah. shopping episode, here's his NPC, yeah. here's his... <laughs> <laughs> yeah, those, I imagine those, I haven't DM'd a lot, but I imagine those are probably the worst to prefer for, like, the episodes where your characters are not really in combat, mm-hmm. and you have to go through RP with them, have the world properly fleshed out, so... If they go down an alleyway and find something that you weren't expecting, you can mm-hmm. react to that in the right way. But that's kind of um, the fun of it for a lot of DMs is yeah. when you make that universe and you, you like live it in your head, mm-hmm. you can react to anything that happens in it, really. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. I, I'd say that I'm definitely very much a... I do a lot of improvising when I'm DMing. And I, in life, I'd say I do that as quite a lot as well. <laughs> Because I don't, I don't prepare as much as I I should do for a lot of stuff, and including when I'm DMing. And I feel like I've gotten quite good at just improvising situations and and coming up with stuff on the spot. Mm-hmm. And I find that a lot more fun than doing loads and loads and loads and loads of prep and having absolutely every situation planned out and mm-hmm. perfect. Yeah, and just seeing what happens naturally and what naturally kind of organically yeah. is created by you, you and your players. I find that much more interesting than over planning what's going to happen for sure. for sure yeah likewise and i think doing a lot of that kind of prep up front spending a lot of time to do it can be a bit of a crutch for me at least in terms of mm. uh well i know how i want this npc to react and you can't help but let that bias you as a dm mm. a little bit to be like yeah. maybe slightly more of a bastard to the players because you've got like quite a hard theme in your head whereas if it's a kind of aloof dad's army shopkeeper that you've just magicked up out of thin air yeah and you're just it's literally just bouncing between improvisation and improvisation between yourself and a couple of the players then i think there's because you don't have that crutch to stand on you've got a lot more freedom to be like okay actually he's gonna do this this time do this this yeah but on, on the on the flip side of that some characters you you really need to have that prep in. Mm-hmm. Some things require a detailed background, like something super crazy that you've prepared, just so when the players do spend the time kind of discovering all that, it's super rewarding for them because mm-hmm. you've clearly put in the time for that. Yes. So yeah, again, <laughs> like we've discussed previously, it's balanced as all things should be. You know? <laughs> <laughs> so um, I saw a post on twitter a little while ago that posed the question of how can you play a young wizard the point being is that the nature of the class implies that they're a learned academic and in a lot not all but a lot of the artwork and certainly in earlier editions you know for in first and second ed when it was literally just like fighter wizard cleric and rogue yeah uh, the wizard was always like gandalf yeah, so I'm, I'm old yeah. and frail, and but have experience. Yeah. yeah, but that's why I'm a wizard. So, what yeah. do you what do you think about that? Like, how would you play a young wizard? How would you, you know, <laughs> how is that possible? Um, is it possible? The first thing that popped into my head as soon as you said young wizard was, have you ever read Terry Pratchett books? Uh, no, can't say I have. So he wrote a ton of books, uh, like a series on the university he created called Discworld novels. Yep, familiar with the, the yeah. universe. Yeah. And like, there's one that is around. It's called Equal Rights, mm-hmm. and it's around the very first uh, female wizard, and it's <laughs> such a, a crazy thing in in the world. But they have like in that um, universe, there's a, a wizard college which they go to, uh, and there's a really funny uh, young wizard who is incredibly naturally talented, mm-hmm. and and knows and reads loads of books and has all this knowledge and has so much power but is like a bit clumsy with it and doesn't quite know how to control it. And I definitely take a lot of inspiration from that if I was playing a very young wizard, because without the experience to kind of control very powerful magic, Mm. you would probably mess up quite a lot with that, I imagine. Yeah. So I think I'd like to have a, if I was playing a very young wizard, have a chat with the DM and be like, look, this is how I wanted to play him. Can you maybe take from like wild, wild magic stuff and yeah, maybe roll every time I do a spell to see if it goes correctly or whatever, mm-hmm. or have a little bit of fun that way mm-hmm. just to kind of impound the 
lack of experience yeah. that uh, this wizard may have. Yeah, that's one kind of take I'd put on it. Yeah, I, I sometimes I find it odd that that question's posed when, especially now with the release of Tasha's, you can pretty much have any race be any class and, and still be very effective. And people are still asking, well, how can you how can you have a, a young wizard when they're meant to be very learned? And it's like, well, you can have whatever the hell you want. Yeah. <laughs> don't don't be constrained <laughs> just because it says you've got to be learn learned. Yeah. You know, just just do whatever you want. I always design a character like form and function in unison. So class and backstory and race for that matter all in unison. And I try to never let one preclude the other so as we know from from quinn from dungeons dice and dudes he is very much not some 80 year old kind of frail he's just a he's just a dude yeah it's just a dude in a dungeon with some dice (laughs) (laughs) Uh, speaking of which if you want to follow uh (laughs) dungeons dice and dudes on instagram and follow us there now well you sound like the social media manager for these guys is that (laughs) (laughs) funny you'd say that that's definitely what i am yeah (laughs) So yeah, I, like it's an interesting class to talk about because none of the others. Mm. I mean, it's it's weird. It's it's both none and all of them. So you could level the same argument at say clerics and paladins and say, well, surely they have to devote their life to a religion before they can start to gain these benefits. Yeah, yeah. and like you know, any skill takes time to learn. So why are there a shitload of like eighteen-year-old emo rogues when <laughs> doing sneak attack isn't just something you just learn? Like Oliver Twist, mm. like he he had to learn. <laughs> yeah, that's true. So it's the same way with everybody. Just you know, while they were studying the blade, I studied the book. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that is definitely true, and it ties into experience, obviously. But the, in in real life, there are tons of people who have crazy natural ability, just mm-hmm. amazing dancers or amazing yeah. at a particular sport, that kind of thing. So I, I, you could definitely make the argument that. Your character in D D is just naturally very talented. Doesn't yeah. he spend all that time on learning his craft as such? Mm-hmm. I agree in that there's people that have, you know, some some people are better at some things than others. That's just life, right? That's yeah. just a nature nurture the whole thing put together. Yeah. So, and in the same way, the D and D universe is is the same. Mm. And I like to think that for most characters, it's they have an intuition for playing music and drawing the weave out of the universe. <laughs> yeah, you're a bard. Okay, Casual great. wave at the university. Yeah. yeah, as you do, as you do, as you're you do, slamming yeah. your harmonica. But what <laughs> you know, what I thought I had is it's like, it'd actually be a really cool character to play to mm. be one who who hasn't, and he's mm. maybe like a fighter, but he's had to really train like super hard to be a fighter for like sixty years, and yeah. even at sixty years old, he's only level one. Whereas, you know, if you juxtapose him next to a, you know, Charlotte and street urchin who's literally just got by on luck, he tripped and his knife fell out of his pocket and it stabbed somebody who was mugging him. Oh, well, fine. I'm now rich and can, you know, (laughs) this, that and the other. That would be a really good friction there between the two Mm. characters to be like, you are a bastard and I hate you because you're just naturally good at this and I had to spend my whole fucking life, like dedicated my life yeah. to training. And that's, that's, you know, a really good character idea there to be like, no, and like the book, yeah. the, you know, some people don't like maths or aren't very good at maths and they have to work really, really, really hard at maths to even come out the other side as much as some people are just like, I can just, just I can just see yeah. the numbers move on the page and they turn into the answer and it just makes yeah. sense to me. I hate people like that. That's so annoying. <laughs> yeah, tell me about it. Uh, yeah. But everyone comes out with a B in GCSE maths, right? So it's yeah. it, <laughs> so that'd be really interesting. I think to have you could you could juxtapose like a really old wizard next to a really young prodigy who's yeah. just like I don't know. I just wave my wand and read some words and like fire comes out. It's pretty and cool. That's it. That's that's our role, isn't it? Yeah. <laughs> next to someone, he's like, no, you have to train, and <laughs> it's not fair. <laughs> yeah. Exploring that difference would would be very fun, RPing that for sure. Having two characters bounce off each other, mm. basically arguing about what's the right way to do something is. Yeah, you've got pre-baked character arcs in both of them then, and then they can both yeah. you know meet in the middle and the young person yeah. can be like, no, I've got to respect my elders, and the, young, yeah. the older person can be like, hey, no, he's naturally talented and I shouldn't be bitter about his success. And yeah. you've got 
you know, a lovely two character arc story there, pre baked. Oh yeah, for sure. And then you could leave it on such a wholesome note and be like, it's fine. Everybody's different, and that's okay. Mm-hmm. <laughs> You're like a son. You were a brother to me. Uh. <laughs> <laughs> You're my brother, Anakin. Sorry, can't help that. Yeah, well, I set you up. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Any chance I have to quote Star Wars, I probably will. So. Hey, man, I'm, I'm fresh off the back of episode one the other day. so. I'm... Oh, yeah? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Wow. A little treat. A little treat. Going it's back in time. <laughs> so talking about another thing that you know takes time in game if we mm-hmm. if we if we talk about something mechanically now and then we'll yeah. we'll loop back around to maybe a a higher level it's a thing i was, I was going to talk about rests and we've mentioned them briefly earlier on but we talk about them in a bit more detail now so the alternative rules i'm not sure if you're aware that the dungeon master guide provides alternative rules for i think it's literally called gritty realism for rests wow. i know i don't think i've come across this before Yep, so the standard rest is, you know, short rest is one hour and a long rest mm-hmm. is eight hours. And basically you could be, you know, basically have all your arteries severed. But as long as you go to bed and have a dinner, you'll wake up and you'll be good to go. Which yeah. you can brush away under the, well, they're an adventurer and they are kind of got some magic in them that kind of helps them. Mm-hmm. So the rules for gritty realism are they basically crank it up. So a short rest is essentially the same as a long rest. So a short rest is eight hours. And a long oh, wow, rest is, okay. I think, a week, oh, oh, wow, okay. which makes a lot more sense in terms of, okay, yeah, I've got to you heal sit them, in yeah. casts for seven days and have a splint put in and be on IV because... Yeah, have my hoons properly dressed and... Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah fighting a beholder broke every bone in my body and I can't just sleep that off. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that is proper realism, that, yeah. Yeah, so I don't know, like... What are your thoughts about that and how it impacts the time and the resources and how it will change the how the players are going to play, I suppose, as yeah. their characters? Yeah, I guess it's kind of, again, what you want your players to experience. If they are really into like the survival part of playing D&D and, and, and the mechanics and stuff and making sure that they bandage each wound and they have to think about if they've been stabbed and how that's going to affect like their organs and stuff like that and getting really, really nitty-gritty into how they would heal over time, making sure they have the right potions and spells and stuff and they find a lot of joy out of that, mm. then yeah, 100%, I would go ham on, on realism. And it's why like a lot of... Um, uh, like really famous RPG games have like a hardcore mode. Mm-hmm. Fallout definitely has like a hardcore mode where you have to think about making sure you eat regularly and have enough water and all of the things that you pick up have like proper weights and you have to constantly be thinking about that. Mm-hmm. And if you're really into that kind of stuff, it can make the game be super engaging and realistic and you get a lot of fun out of it. But at the same time, if you're not into that, <laughs> then maybe that would be the worst thing in the world, having to constantly be thinking about going into combat and worrying about, oh, I'm quite a, a small human. That means I can get damaged quite easily mm. and uh, having to be really cautious and careful and overthink literally every encounter that you have with somebody in case it goes wrong and you have to fix it in some way. So, like I keep saying in this podcast, it seems uh, having a good balance would probably be preferable. Mm-hmm. Nathan, uh, in our campaign, I think he's gone for a bit of realism. And in, in when we when we go down or are unconscious in during combat, if we are brought back afterwards, mm-hmm. there is a consequence to that we're not yeah. just fine afterwards. We have like either some visible damage on us, or we have some kind of uh, disadvantage for. Uh, a long period of time because we're perhaps not at full strength yeah uh like i was getting very frustrated <laughs> as Ulrich when he uh oh should I, should I say spoilers i don't know yeah spoilers he dies no stop it <laughs> um and then that has a knock-on effect when he's brought back especially in the manner that he's brought back mm-hmm. like for a long period of time, he has levels of exhaustion, uh, and that doesn't go straight away just after having a long rest yeah. or just eating. Like Nathan definitely imposed quite a lot of disadvantage on me because of, of that. And yes, it's frustrating, but it makes sense, and it makes mm-hmm. every encounter I went into, I had to think more about it, and I had to kind of plan a bit more um, as as a player, not the character. My character would never plan anything in his life, but. <laughs> um, <laughs> 
it, it it definitely brought like a new level of of gameplay for me, which mm-hmm. was a lot of fun. So like things like that can definitely improve your player's experience. But yeah, I guess that does that make sense? Yeah, and it, it's it's something that we talked about with Jamie briefly in the mistakes episode about there being punishments for dying, which is the biggest right. mistake you can make. Yeah, <laughs> and I, I think the the balance is probably somewhere in between the gritty realism and having debuffs for going down. Yeah, and it's something that my players have not taken for granted, but a a bit lackadaisical about being knocked down to zero mm. HP. They're fairly confident that someone will get them up, and I probably need to impose a bit more on that, and yeah. to, just to really be like, yeah, okay. Although there's a a fifty point five percent chance that you might be okay in four hours. There's also a forty nine point five percent chance that you'll be dead forever. So, yeah. <laughs> uh, it, yeah. you know, there's there's, there's got to be a cost there, and not only is it time because if you're left to stabilize yourself, you get up in maybe one to four hours, mm. or two to two to five hours, I think. Is that is that? Yeah, I can't remember. Yeah, if yeah. you're basically stabilized, so not healed, mm-hmm. you roll a d four, and it's a d four plus one, and that's when you regain consciousness. Right, okay. Just just by naturally, you've been knocked out for that length of time. And constitution brings you back. Yeah. yeah, you get one HP at the end of that time. That's rules as written. Cool. Versus like, no, you can be dead forever. So there's, yeah, they've, they've probably been a little bit chill about that. <laughs> mm, yeah. And I need to uh, maybe reinforce a little bit of, yeah, okay, it's, it's a stupid, goofy world sometimes. And there's a Grogs and a Dwarf Bucks coffee and... But if you die, you die. If you die, you die. If you die, you die. <laughs> <laughs> and then talking of rests and you know the alternative rules for rests, there's there's some other thoughts, and I'd like to get your idea on of mm-hmm. people have said before that like leveling up shouldn't be instant. So basically, there's two. The two kind of extremes are XP based, and literally the moment you ding you level up then and there and you get a second wind and your health comes back and you can turn the tide of combat and everybody's happy versus people that are like, no, it's milestone based when the characters have learned enough in universe and have shown to apply that knowledge then. And here's the, here's the meat is that they need to, you can't just like level up instantly or even over a long rest. They need to spend some time, basically like writing up notes or practicing moves or studying your books yeah which i'm i kind of like yeah as a as a as an idea i haven't put it into practice it's probably a bit too late to impose that now on my players but i'd like to maybe try it sometime to in in a longer campaign to say you, you know you're now ready to level up when you get a chance to do so oh that's really really tough because Going back to the very beginning of this podcast when we were talking about how over time things change, mm-hmm. like it, that makes so much sense for your leveling up process to be a process, not not an instantaneous thing and you just go through and change it all. Mm-hmm. You learn with experience and, and time and effort and then you have these new skills. <sighs> Personally, I don't think I'd like that very much. Mm. In theory, it sounds really good and, and sounds like it would be quite interesting way of developing your character but at the same time i I play a lot of rpg games for the leveling (laughs) that's like the the, like instant bit of serotonin that you enjoy when you level up and it's so exciting and having to then go through on dnd beyond and and change all of your uh your stats and and roll your Mm -hmm. your hp and figure out what if you want to asi or if you want to take a fee that for me, doing all that in 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 one uh, kind of session is is really fun. I enjoy mm. that kind of process. But again, taking the time to put RP into, say, you spend time with like a a master of the craft to learn this particular kind of feat, and you go through like a process with them. That would be interesting as well. So yeah, that's a real tough question because <laughs> me as a me as a person, me as a player of the game get a lot of joy out of the leveling process but as like a thinking critically about it oh nice <laughs> I'll, I'll venmo you the 10 pounds after the, after the podcast <laughs> thanks mate um 
as like a intellectual exercise that is really interesting mm. and i think it would be a very enjoyable process as well so that's really tough i i'm not quite sure where i'd stand on that kind of loving process oh, mate, yeah. you hit me with a doozy at the end <laughs> oh <my God. laughs> yeah it's, it's yeah it's awkward like i you're trying to have your cake and eat it with your instant leveling up, but also your, yeah. you know, the more you put in, the more you get out, kind of thing. Yeah, so I can see why yeah. you're now in, you know, internal conflict. <laughs> I'm in yourself. dilemma. Yeah, uh, it's tricky. I think a lot of people will probably play it as a game, and so therefore, you know, the level ups are about as concrete you can get as to say, uh, you know, positive yeah. feedback to say we're doing things that are right and yeah. good and well. And I've now been rewarded for that by having more HP and so on and so on. I don't know. It's I, I think it's a good idea on paper. Yeah. I think implementing it in practice might be very difficult to do well because yeah. I imagine it's a piece of cake, especially if you have to do it six, seven, eight times, and that's you know for a decent length campaign. That even that might not be enough. But have this, okay, my four players, each one of you, we now have to role play a week's worth of stuff. And yeah. I could just see that very easily being like, okay, well, a week passes and you level up. And yeah. now it's mechanically no different to just leveling up overnight anyway. So apart from you've just made them lose a week. Well, that almost yeah. seems like you're you're bringing in this rule just to make them waste time at that point. Yeah, which is really, really tricky. Like, mm -hmm. I think if, for example, like a lot of people do uh, play D&D &D for a podcast mm -hmm. and for entertainment purposes, that kind of thing. Yeah. Uh, and, and to play, obviously, as, as well. If, if your campaign is more around the entertainment value and the enjoyment of the story, then that, that would make more sense for your, your campaign as such because you could spend a lot of time with those characters and, and build in like a, a montage process, if you like, <laughs> of of how they would level up and, and yeah. do that kind of uh, serious thing. And that would be quite cool as like a concept. But if, if you're playing the game for enjoyment purposes as well, mm. yeah, you'd have to be so careful to not make it just almost like a punishment yeah. for leveling up and using that extra time to to like develop the character mm -hmm. in that, that manner. Oof, yeah, that's really, <laughs> really hard. That, but it would be really interesting to explore. I mean, you have to try it, wouldn't you? Just yeah, try it and see how it goes. You definitely, you definitely need the players who are on board with kind of heavy-ish yeah. role play to yeah. fill that gap. Because I've got players that would just go, "I'd just do nothing for a week. Can we move on?" Yeah, which is fine. But then you've, why would you bother implementing it then? Yeah, for sure. So you started with this episode of saying basically time is this thing that no one really knows and there's a human construct almost in a way i mean it is but it isn't but you know it's one of those tricky things of trying to nail jelly to the wall yeah <laughs> yeah that's a good analogy yeah. <laughs> i don't think i made that up i think i've heard that somewhere else <laughs> yeah <laughs> just for the record yeah. <laughs> um and it's that duality of it is, but you know, ultimately we're all still spending our time playing the game. And yeah. one thing we spoke about with Simon was that you know we, we play it to have fun and it's a happy time and we enjoy it. So it's a really nice bridge to say, you know, spend that time in a worthwhile endeavor that you enjoy. And I guess what I'm trying to loop back round to is what Simon said is that if you're not having fun, then don't waste your time doing it. Uh, yeah. A hundred percent. Which is, it sounds dumb, well. right? But the amount of people that don't do that, I think you might be surprised. Yeah, you can very easily know if you're wasting time on an element of D and D if you find yourself getting distracted by it or not engaging fully with it, and if if it disengages you or your players from what what you're doing, uh, then it's not worth your time. Mm. It's a very easy little. Uh, key for if a concept or if if something you want to do in a in a game should work or not if people are engaged by it and people want to actually try it then 100% but if as soon as you feel yourself getting bored by it and and not thinking and not focusing properly on it then you know it's probably not worth your time mm, mm. and um obviously as as we mentioned earlier on like time is this kind of entropic 
force yeah. in the universe. I think the two are intrinsically linked to say you can't have one without the other one. And that as, as time goes on, things degrade and, and so on and mm. so on. Yeah. I don't know if you can put it in a more eloquent way than myself, how, how to employ that kind of mentality in a D&D game. Well, the best way I can describe it is like a, a story-based thing. Like, there's so many philosophers and, and people who say deep things <laughs> <laughs> that talk about the time's journey and how life and things are a journey. And the journey that you go on is what's important. That perspective that you, you see things change and the actual being in the moment of, of what's going around you is what's important. And our perception of that is what's important. At the end of the day, we can talk about time as this crazy construct and the mechanics of, of time in, in D&D, but it's how we perceive that, how we have fun with it, and what we do with like these cool concepts and stuff that is the enjoyable part. Uh, and I think that that's what you should really focus on uh, more than anything else is, is that kind of element of what do I need to spend my time on? What shouldn't I spend my time on? And what's fun, <laughs> I guess. Yeah. I don't know if that made sense or not, but... You're speaking from the heart, which is what matters. <laughs> <laughs> That's what I always do, mate. That's what I always do. Yeah, I've... I got very excited for myself building this campaign. I actually made a calendar to track wow. the time. Nice. Uh, which is stupid, because that was a waste of time, ironically, because it's way simpler just to use like the Gregorian calendar that everybody's familiar with. But did you enjoy spending your time on doing that? Yeah, yeah. Well, then then it's not wasted because that enjoyment that you got from spending the time creating that element of your campaign mm. is time well spent for me, I'd say. Mm. Even if your characters don't use it, the enjoyment that you got out of it is, is also important. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. That's nice. You've reassured me this <laughs> afternoon. <laughs> Yeah, I must admit I had, you know, named all the months and different days in the week and this, that and the other, but... And I mean, that's pretty impressive. Here's what I'm trying to get at, is that, like, in-game, despite us playing the campaign now for two years, in-game it's only been about 30 days. Wow. So yeah. it's... it's and That's when I when I started tracking that, and I was, I was about halfway through, and I said, let me try and transcribe these onto my calendar so I can see how far through the year they are. Mm. I was like, oh, nope, still summer. So, okay, <laughs> fine. I, mean, I think they're about to go into my equivalent of autumn, essentially. Yeah. Uh, Harvest's Pride, which has probably been used everywhere else. But um, uh, yeah, so I, d I do use that as a tool to say like what the weather's like. Yeah. Rather than just, it's just a day. It's just a summer's day. So that's, that's uh, uh, I, I wanted to end it on a high note and unfortunately I've brought it all the way back down to literally calendar dates on a <laughs> well, in a diary I, I, I think I can bring it back like some of the best RPG games that I've played like Skyrim and stuff they have their own calendar mm. and it is part of the lore and it is part of the richness of the, of the universe that's created some of the most awesome kind of universes that were ever created for stories have a ton of lore, like have languages that are like purposely made for mm. those stories, like Lord of the Rings, like Star Wars, Star Trek, all all the stuff that real nerds love so much. There's you can or even Warhammer 40k. I know that we're it's a source subject here, but <laughs> <laughs> there are like channels and and people dedicated to the the nitty gritty lore of those universes that have been created by people. So it's never wasted when you go real deep into creating something like that and spending the time on that because someone's out there will really enjoy that part of your creation. Mm. Yeah, which is why, as I said before, if you enjoy doing that part of it, someone else is going to enjoy that as well. Mm -hmm. It doesn't necessarily mean that uh, it's used all the time in your campaign, but someone will appreciate it for sure. Mm. Oh, thank you for those that, that nice thoughtful words at the end there <laughs> funnily enough as we're getting to the end of our time for mm -hmm. this episode is there anything you wanted to add is there any topics we didn't cover that you wanted to talk about um no not really i feel like we uh covered a lot of interesting stuff there and as rightly so with the uh, discussion podcast we went off on wild tangents <laughs> <laughs> yeah we really like we really dipped and peaked and troughed in like 
moment to moment combat all the way up to you know <laughs> what is time yes <laughs> what am i in what, what, what is existence <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> excellent yeah. uh well okay is there anything you want to plug then uh, well, I'm sure it's been plugged on this podcast if, uh, a couple of times already, but it can't hurt to do it a few more times. Yeah, me and Nilla are part of uh, Dungeons, Dice and Dudes, which is our uh, playthrough uh, campaign of D&D that we've been doing now for, oofed, uh, like a year or so. Before my time. Yeah, you you joined um, like a few sessions in, mm-hmm. I think. A very welcome addition, might I add. Oh, thank you. Um, <laughs> yeah, we have a lot of fun. The characters are pretty mental here and there but um yeah if you like DD and you've liked us talking about DD and want to hear some people play DD, then you can find uh us on instagram or twitter instagram is uh dungeons dice and dudes twitter is just dudes underscore dice and on those social medias you can find links to where you can listen to us and uh yeah we've got like six episodes out already and we'll have a few more coming out in the future Yep, if you want to hear about a young, arrogant wizard, you can listen to me play one <laughs> in, in, in Quinn's boots. Yeah, that ties in nicely, yeah. Yeah, and this uh, this episode of my podcast is scheduled for actually New Year's Day. So oh. I'll take this opportunity to wish everybody a Happy New Year. Uh, <laughs> yeah, Happy New Year. We had a nice Christmas, however odd that it's been this year, but whatever. Indeed. Um, and... Uh, yeah that's that's it for today's episode about time if you have any thoughts or questions please drop me a message on twitter at danlo underscore dnd otherwise thank you all for listening and good night good night